millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Listen Now is brought to you by me, Matt Stewart, and my 2020 live comedy show, Monkey House. I'm going to be in Brisbane for the Brisbane Comedy Festival at the Powerhouse from the 10th to the 15th of March. And on to Melbourne from there, back home uh, for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for a big month at the Victoria Hotel from the 26th of March to the 19th of April. And you can grab tickets for those shows now via mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. If you want to be precise, mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. And if you use the discount code podcast, you will get a discount. That makes sense. Now, on with the show. Get tickets. On with the show. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the back catalogues of some of the most important rockin'est bands of all time, starting with Australian pub rock legends, Cold Chisel. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. Whoa. Hello. What's with the delay? You're in the studio. <laughs> it sounds like you're via satellite. Hello. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I am enthusiastic. I'm listening now to hey. you. Hey, this week we're talking about their 2019 album, Blood Moon, potentially even Cold Chisel's last ever album. No, surely not. I really hope not. It feels like with the success of this tour, then hopefully they'll feel excited enough by it all to keep going. Yeah, every year, summer rock tour, down for it. Please, yeah. Cold Chisel, that'd if you're be, listening. Oh, my God. That'd be I best. assume you're listening. I'd go every year. Absolutely. I was thinking about it. I kind of regret not following them around a bit. I should have gone and uh, seen some shows in other states. That would have been cool. Are they finished the tour? They're about to. Well, like, when this comes out, they'll have just finished, I think. Oh, I bastards. think there's one left to go in Queensland. <sighs> yes. Uh, anyway, they because they have they talked about it before the tour that this might be the last tour. Uh, no promises either way. But I'm just hoping that um, they had enough fun that they want to do it again. I would hope so. It must be like to play to a tour of... Which must have ended up being over 100,000, like maybe well, a few hundred thousand people. Our show alone was 22,000. Yeah, that's right. So and it wasn't even the biggest in the end. There was a, wasn't it? A twenty five thousand or so one as well. Holy shit! Yeah, so they yeah they must have been. Uh, anyway, how how do you give that up? Ask ask uh, Angus Young. You can't. You can't. Or the Stones. See that. Or John Farnham. That's what I mean. All right, <laughs> you you're misquoting him there. Such a hacky joke. Leave Farnsy alone. Anyway, it's almost as hacky as our favourite joke. <laughs> No, 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 no. What, what playing a, a meme? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing hacky about that. No. So this album, yeah, came out late last year. Mm-hmm. We, Very late last year. It was like mid-December, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, was well, it I, think it was, I think it was, yeah, in December. And the first single we talked about a little bit of a very initial thoughts about it in a bonus episode pretty early on. 
But today we're going to go deeper into it. We've both been playing this album a fair bit since. We've seen them on this tour. Um, I've got this article. Do you want me to start off with this? from a very respectable music publication, uh, Stack <laughs> magazine. Yes, very familiar respect. With, familiar with Stack? I have perused a Stack magazine once or twice. Because <laughs> it's, the, it's the official magazine of JB Hi-Fi. It is. Uh Anyway, I think this, I didn't realize that until <laughs> Just moments ago. Excellent. Uh, so this, it, it's a bit of an interview article, um, mainly with Don Walker. And it starts with a quote from Don saying, I think one of the prerequisites of becoming a musician is having no sense of responsibility at all, uh, says Don Walker. The primary songwriter for Australia's rock darlings, Cold Chisel, has referred to the massive leap of faith he made when the band first headed out on tour in the early 1970s. Seven million album sales, record-breaking tour attendance, and an ARIA Hall of Fame induction later as the guy's ninth studio album, Blood Moon, arrives in a dust cloud of glory. The clip for its first single shows that unity uh, is a keystone to the potion. Case in point, the five of them standing around a mic together singing the song's refrain, getting the band back together. (laughs) Uh, This is back to Walker. He says, it probably would sound better if a few of us weren't there at the mic. But it's more fun. There's a range of singing skills across the band, from sublime to groan. But if you get every, <laughs> but if you get everybody together singing the chorus, then it sounds like well, a bunch of humans. That's that's nice. That's true. A bunch of humans. I mean, he's not wrong. Getting the band back together sounds like I could be in there. We all could right. all let's just do a little. But the funny thing about he says their range. Of, I love all their voices. I don't know. The actually, I might have heard Charlie's. Is... Well, Big Phil Small, have we heard Big Phil Small oh, sing? Well, apart, yeah, maybe he's only one of the, one of the Charlie, ones in the Yeah, we've heard the, the, other, the other three, plus obviously our mate Steve. I think Don's giving himself shit there. Well, I love Don's he voice. Is. Oh, I still can't get over Don's voice on the, what was it, the cover version of um, Knocking on Heaven's Door from oh, one of so the early. Good. Oh, my God, just that moment where he rips it out. Holy yeah. Lord Jesus, Ray. Oh, it's so good. Also, can we just talk real quickly that this is only their ninth studio album? Yeah, that's interesting. What isn't the it? fuck? Well, they did have a, I mean, they had <laughs> two lengthy uh, breaks. One from between recording in '83 and and '98. Yeah. The releases in '84 and '98, and then '98 up till 2011. Eleven. Yeah. So. You know, when you take that into consideration. I know, it just it still They've been a band so... since 1973, but they've only had a couple of spurts of recording output yeah. with one album in, in between the two. <laughs> so the first one they had, they went bang with five in not very long between yep. 78 and 83. And then this is the second most, this is their second golden period. Holy shit. Really? Quite Three nice. albums uh, between in... 2011 and 2019. Hopefully, that's why I'm like, oh, look, it feels like they're building up a rhythm yeah. again. Every five years or so. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can do that as long as I tour every one and a half. <laughs> uh, the article goes on to say, aside from its thumping lead single, not come thumping, but thumping lead single, Blood Moon, uh, Blood Moon's tracks are given a lot of room to breathe. Drums, piano and guitar line melodies are all allowed to come through in their own time rather than rolling out in chunks of thick bass and walls of guitar. But that's the chisel way. We always, this is quoting him again, we always try to leave a, a bit of air around things. We're a band of early traditions. 
where people play and people leave space. Rock became clogged up a few decades later. <laughs> the outstanding I hit the wall with the piano hitting bone tinkling piano triads. Please up top. read that sentence again. The outstanding I hit the wall with the piano hitting bone tinkling tr- piano triads <laughs> up top and a simple slinking bass crawl down low. Love that. And Ian Moss's guitar notes coiling around vocalist Jimmy Barnes's jangle, jagged angles as he sings of hitting the wall and the wall one is one of the most evocative on an album full of atmosphere. That is, I mean, this and this is being written basically in a JB Hi-Fi pamphlet. Yeah, that's, that's a be- very interesting quote. I love it. You love it. I, I love I love what it, what the author here has done. I'm just imagining someone like being like, "How can I make this the most pretentious <laughs> quote possible?" No, 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 no. Unnamed as well. I don't even unnamed. Yeah, because they were I writing don't... it as a piss take because of how. Pre- no, hang on. <laughs> What are you what are you saying? What about this is pretentious? They could have just said What he said was the outstanding I hit the wall with the piano hitting bone tinkling piano triads up top and a simple slinking bass crawl down low and Ian Moss's guitar notes coiling around vocalist Jimmy Barnes's jagged angles as he sings of hitting the wall. I mean, I would have just said it's a casual cum thumper, but that's just me, I suppose. Cash cum. Casual. <laughs> Cash cum thump. Cash cum thump. Uh, another CCT. Land of Hope is a searing indictment of a warped world. No style, no sass, no feel, no class. I lose hope, I lose steam, a lost mind and a lost dream, Barnes spits. Spits. Though, uh, this is quoting Donnie, those are lyrics of Jim's, and I'm guessing it might be about America or it might be about Australia. We know this now, but I'll finish the quote anyway. Or it might be about the modern world, says Walker. He seemed surprised to be asked why I didn't flat out request Barnes to explain the song's themes. I never think to ask him, Walker says simply. Killing Time I always assumed was a drought song. Jim's doing drought benefits and I think looking at the lyrics it's pretty clear. Then I was talking to some other people after we demoed it who said, what, it's clearly a relationship breakup song. But I've never got around to asking Jim. Is it either of those two things or is it something else that I haven't thought of? (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that funny that it, like he's co-written some songs that he has no idea what they're about? Love it. Uh, so, well, that's something uh, will probably come up later, but this is the first album that has songs. That, it's not the first album to have songs that Jimmy and Don co-wrote, but it's the first one where Jimmy wrote the lyrics and Don wrote the music. Yeah, usually it's the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, with songs like Goodbye, Astra, Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and a few others. It was the other way around. But this time around, Jimmy, um, he said that he gained confidence after writing his, Biography, his best-selling books. Yeah, he found more confidence as a writer, so he would start just sending flicking notes over to Don saying, here's some words. And I think one of them said that Don enjoyed it, so he didn't have to stress over words yeah. for once. Because <laughs> he's like, he's pretty... Um, Highly responsible for a lot of... And I, I believe he'll he'll really sit and edit and edit yeah, and rewrite and rewrite. Like a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. Somewhere in one of these reviews that I read earlier, he talks about one of the songs was written as early as 1988. Wow, right. Um, what was it? Accident Prone. Oh, okay. Well, um, that's probably my favorite track on the album. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and he just sat on it and he said that he – because he wrote, he wrote like a – not quite an autobiography, but he released a book of all of the songs that he'd ever written, which included previously unreleased songs, and a friend came to him – uh, and asked him about a few of them, and they ended up getting 
uh, brought back to life essentially. But even just like earlier we talked about, um, oh, shit, now I can't remember the song name. Four walls, wash basin. Four walls. Yeah, prison bed. Um, but originally it was, the lyrics were slightly different and he just sat on it for it ages. It was about a hotel room. Yeah. It ended up being about, yeah. And he, I think sell. Jimmy talks about it in one of his books and he says, you know, that song he held on to for maybe a year or two until like all of a sudden the right words came to him and he felt comfortable to, he was like, yeah, now it's good. Yeah, it's funny. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people just be like, I got a song, let's get it out there. Yeah. Get it out of my head. Whereas Don's just like, ah. He's very patient. And QR. Not yes. far out yet. I should say, so uh, that quote Don had about not knowing if um, Land of Hope was about America or Australia or just the modern world, but at live, I'm pretty sure that Jimmy said, this next one's about America. Yeah. Or even <laughs> yeah. California. And- yeah. All the radio producers putting my baby in a nappy. <laughs> Diaper. Yeah. Um, Definitely not holding any grudges there, though. None at all. What's the line? There's a line about um, it's all about fakeness. Uh, uh, There's a line that ends in plastic tits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Plastic girls with plastic tits. I I love the way, yeah, the way he pronounces. Tits. Tits is a whole It's lot like of fun. the last album where he woke up feeling like shit. No, like shit. Shit. Tits. How do you spell that? Shit. Shit. There's an A in there. Shit. I reckon. The whole the whole line is big car. Big dick. Big ass. Big, big lick. lick. Oh, that's the that's the first one. That's the it, opening. <laughs> and then it uh, then there's Plastic card, plastic world, plastic tits on plastic girls. Sorry, plastic tits. Tits. And name your poison, name your price, change your mind and change your life. It's a good song. I was, I didn't realise at first about who wrote the lyrics. I did assume that Don had written a lot of those. There was there was one of the tracks, I think, um, uh, Killing Time, which I really like, but there's a few Killing rhymes time. in it that are like, I'm like, Don, that's a sort of a clumsy kind of rhyme. Yeah, one of the reviews talks about um, their cold chisel, while they don't throw too many stylistic curveballs on Blood Moon, uh, what is surprising is just how polished they sound. Uh, but the, who is it, the Daily Examiner also noted that some of Barnes' lyrics leave the listener cringing. And there are uh, a couple of times that I was like, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was a bit clumsy. Cringing's I mean, a bit you know full what? on, but yeah, I'm, I kind of, you know, I think, when I realised that, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I kind of like how he just... I mean, some of them are pretty intricate. And then some of... Maybe that... Were they talking about the cringy ones being the plastic tits and stuff? Uh, it doesn't specify, but that's kind of where I was thinking. There was the ones that I kind of found... I guess, and like I say, I really uh, like these songs. And I like a lot of the lyrics. There was just a couple in Killing Time. It's probably the only ones that they stood out to me. Uh, he goes... It's killing time, I see it all, I start to fall. It's killing time, it's you or me, so set me free. You know, these kind of yeah. pretty just basic kind of rhymes Yeah. that don't seem to mean anything. So if they're not going to mean anything, why not rhyme? <laughs> why not make the, the rhymes a bit more interesting? Rhyming and like, timing. They just, felt like f- first draft. It's just the fact that, rhymes. yeah, you just kind of notice it. Yeah. Whereas, like, the rest of the time you're just, like, the whole song is so blended and yeah. you just, like, get sucked into that moment. 
Totally. So maybe that, I wonder if that's what uh, that reviewer you were talking about said. And anyway, I should I go back to this six stack article? Stack <laughs> by JB Hi-Fi. Uh, so this uh, is talking about how the lyrics were given to Walker. It says those, those lyrics were given to Walker as he was passing through the village of Barrama in New South Wales, where he called into Barnes and wife's uh, Jane's house to spend the night. There was nobody else there, Walker recalls. We went into the piano room and Barnes gave me a set of lyrics. I started mucking around with some chords. What he came up with was the mesmerizing swing between first and fourth chords, which contrasts the often terrifying nature of the song's lyrics with their outward beauty. He kept working on it over the next two or three months and then realized time was running out. We were going into a demo session in June and I suddenly realized if this song is going to be a goer, I have to knuckle down and finish it. Was he killing time? <laughs> yeah. Riding killing time? Conversely, Blood Moon's creation also presented moments of utter spontaneity in the studio. Take the wonderful Boundary Street, which slides lustily across a lounge atmosphere with Barnes's vibrato coming through at the ends of the phrases. Charlie Drayton's drumming, all thick floor tom and sauntering hi-hat, Walker's piano reaching Westworld levels of sultry drama, and Moss's guitar dueling helix fashion with a fat sliding saxophone. I that song is also a, a highlight. It's actually there's a bunch of highlights on this. Yeah, it was a pretty good album. Yeah, I'd say this is a pretty good album. It's a it's a pretty <laughs> half decent loving it. Could listen to it, have listened to it many a time album. Yeah, boundary there's a boundary street a classic line, which is, you know, it's not his best lyric or anything, but uh a it's classic a, sort a of Don Don line. Donism. Where he goes. What do you, it's let me find it. He Dean goes walks. uh uh, he says, so it's all, it's, it's basically, it sounds like it's like an old jazz club or something. Yeah, that's what I wrote when I was listening to it. Then he's got this line, you get, so the refrain is, take me down a boundary straight. And he goes, I got friends who'd die to meet you, maitre d's who'd kill to seat you. Like, that's a classic Don. That's some good Don. Is Don. Is Don. Is good. So he's got lines that stand out for slightly different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, that's, a, that's, that's nice. That's a good one. On ya, Don. Maybe, like, because I'm a basic bitch, maybe I'm picking out the lines that are like, oh, that's fun. And other people are like, um, okay, sure. <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> uh, the article goes on. That's Andy Bickers. So this is talking about that saxophone. That's Andy Bickers who oh, plays with saxophone. You mean yeah. Jesus? When that came in the first time I listened to it, I was like, "Holy Lord!" Yeah, so nice. We got to remember to play a snippet of that. Yeah, later. yes. Uh, we just stick a mic in front of him and play him the song. Throw him off a cliff. What are you going to do, Andy? <laughs> and we give him instructions like, "Andy, you're in Las Vegas. It's three a.m. You've got no money, and you're in a pole dancing place, the kind that people with no money go to. Play that on the saxophone." <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he nailed it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, this is how the magic of Blood Moon and the entire craft of this enduring family of musicians is eked out. That's the way you can talk to each other, says Walker. Otherwise, if you're talking to each other in terms of, well, we need a mixolydian scale here. I the mean, fuck? that's not how you say it, that's... I'm sure. Well, it's going to have a lot more soul if you're broke in Las Vegas. That's fun. I think someone else who is it, uh, the music apparently is a thing that writes articles, uh, described it as uh, the strongest track, Boundary Street, contains a downright filthy solo sax by Andy Dick Bickers, Dickers, Bickers, who drags Ian Moss's guitar down in the muck with him. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, because it is a pretty like grimy song. I read that review as well. That's the only bit of it I liked. The rest of it, I'm like, shut uh, was the that fuck the... up, man. Oh, uh, was that old mate Wolf Dog? <laughs> it was just a, it was a bit of a patronizing review, I reckon. No, he said something like they're old, they're old dogs who oh, haven't yeah. learned any new tricks. I'm like you've just described a song like they've never played before. Yeah, dick. They've also written these songs in different ways with. Different um, people writing the, different parts of the songs. Like, that, uh, Old what, dogs, what? new tricks, my bro. <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm very sensitive. You bag Don. Firstly. It's like you're bagging my family. Get the fuck out of life. Ian. Yeah. Get out. Step off. Step off. I've I've also got this. i got another review. Do you want me to read this review out to you? So it sort of Please g- read goes through it a bit more. In a more of a reviewy style, and that last one was more of an interviewee style. So there's, we've got no Zup. Is that what you're saying? No Zup. Zup so still MIA, unfortunately. I'm going to check my LinkedIn while we're here. Yeah. Please continue with the review. Okay. So this is from therockpit.net. It says Cold Chisel are back with Blood Moon, their ninth studio album, which is released through Cold Chisel Music and Universal Music Australia on December six. Mrs. Barnes, Walker and uh, Moss, Small and Drayton have been busy collecting ideas whilst away with their own projects before finally getting together earlier this year and bringing a collection of 25 songs to Barnes' Freight Train Studio. 25? 25. So they started with 25, which wouldn't be the most they've brought into a, a session. Oh, my God. Adrian Zup replied to me. <gasps> what? A while ago, and I just haven't checked it apparently. <laughs> Holy shit. What did Oh, you my say? God. Uh, I just asked him, oh, my God, I'm having like a little panic attack here. Uh, I said my cousin and I are recording a podcast about Cold Chisel and frequently refer to your views from back in the day, just wondering if you'd be keen to be on an episode, even if just by email correspondence. And he said, sure, my email is dot, dot, dot. Holy shit. We found Adrian's up. He's still alive. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) That's exciting. That's so funny. I wonder if he's listened to the new album. (gasps) Oh, well, I mean, they're the questions we can ask. So we got. Okay. Luckily, we got one last chisel episode. (laughs) Imagine this was the last one we ran out of time to find out what is actually up with Zup. What is up with Zup? That's amazing. Okay. So we need, we're going to draft this after, but. Yeah. I guess we'll. My hands are sweaty. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. So we'd have to ask him, what does he think of the albums that he, why did he stop reviewing them? Uh, what did he think of the new album? Has he listened to them? What are you doing now, Mr. What got Zach? him into him in the first place? Because I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, he's, he's in America. He's an American dude. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, well, geez. I'm overwhelmed with ideas. Holy, I'm literally, my hands are sweating. Oh, my God. You're going to be, you've got, you got the Zup's email. I got the Zup's email. Holy shit. Is it what's up? <laughs> what's <laughs> up at imagine? gmail.com? What's up? What's up 69 at Triple hotmail.com? Triple Z. Triple uh, Zup. Wow. Well, that oh, is. That is so fun. Guys, he replied to my LinkedIn. I didn't even <laughs> know people so funny actually that you used have it. a LinkedIn. <laughs> I had to make one for work. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Back to, you know, no offense to uh, the rockpit.net, but you know it's up. But anyway, you know we'll, up. we'll forge on all the same. Uh, so they brought 25 songs to to the sessions and narrow that down to the 10 that made the final album, which they recorded at Studio 301 with producer Kevin Shelley, Shirley, who's their longtime producer. Longtime producer. Blood Moon is the band's third album in the last 10 years and once again shows the eclectic range of ideas and genres that each member con- contributes to the band. Interestingly, the band have dared change some of their tried and tested creative techniques with Jimmy Barnes and Don Walker swapping roles for some of the songs, as Barnes shows his increased prowess as a lyricist and Walker with his songwriting. And this works exceptionally well, as my highlights on this album are the ones that have been written this way. Ah, interesting. And also, um, not only highlights for him, but I'm thinking the band as well, because of the four... So they played four out of the ten tracks across the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't caught up with the last few shows, but that's how they were doing it for the first half of the tour. They were playing the same four tracks, which were the opening four tracks of the album. Yeah. And three of those four were the uh, Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Lyrics Don music ones. Um, there was only, and there was one more of that. So four of the ten tracks on the album were written that way. So obviously they quite enjoyed that process as well. Um, things kick off nicely with the catchy and foot-tapping Getting the Band Back Together which was also the first single to be released from the album, with vocal duty shared by Jimmy Barnes and the ever-impressive Ian Maple Syrup Moss. Maple Syrup. Don Walker's smooth but simple piano intros open up to Land of Hope, which slowly builds to a crescendo of harmonies and snare drums before Moss entices us with his guitar work during the solo. Uh, the fir- should we? Maybe we should be playing these. Do you want to play the tracks as they're mentioned here? Yeah. In the review, that maybe that makes more sense rather than going back through it all together. So the first one, uh, getting the band back together, which we did um, play a bit of a while back. So that's the opening track, also the first single, and it's definitely a departure from the, which is they've departed from it a few times now anyway. But it's mm. not the the balls to the wall rocker of the album by any stretch. It's, nah. uh So like he says. <laughs> catchy sort of toe tapper yeah good toe tapper and it yeah opens with those maple syrup vocals maple moss very funny lyrics too and a pork pie yeah Bam, back together I need your brother Capiche Is that Cowbell in the background? Oh, yeah, I think it yes. I never noticed that before Get in the band back together I, I lent my ear into the microphone to hear better <laughs> <laughs> I understand how technology works <laughs> I didn't even question it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing headphones. <laughs> it's so funny. That's real uh, smart stuff. But the, we are functioning. Uh, so the, <laughs> I had a Super Bowl Monday was big for me, and it, um, it's taken me a few days to the recover. The recovery is still happening. I'm still a broken man. <laughs> uh, so 
So yeah, that that's a. I, you weren't sure about it when we first played it. No, I but thought it's, it, I thought it was a cat. I think from memory, I always thought it was pretty catchy. Yeah, you were right into it. Grown on. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if I was right into it, but I, it's grown on me further. Oh, uh, it's. I really it's, enjoy it, and and I don't think I probably understood the lyrics at the it's time. It's a proper earworm. It's about. It's so damn. They were written out about, I guess, a fictional band of um, guys who maybe. Had a, played in a band in their twenties and went off to live their suburban life. Lives. And then they, but they're getting the band back together. The kids have all left home. I love that they've got a pork pie hat. Yeah. And the yeah, and the the line about the guitarist has got a a guitar that no real musician could afford. I thought it, it was no new musician could afford. I think it was just no, maybe just no musician could afford. Oh, okay. It's probably one that's like. He saved up for half of his yeah, you working know, the, career and the, then put it in a case and polishes it but doesn't play it. I'm guessing it's more like just this guy is because he's because of his choices, he's earned proper money. His yeah. Whole life. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't stupidly uh, decided oh, on a career that makes in the makes a lot arts. of sense, yeah. Uh, but ironically enough, because Don Walker wrote the song and he's in a band that means he probably could afford any guitar he wanted. That is also true. Um, Does Don play guitar? Uh, not that I know of, but I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like he Don could play could whatever he wanted. He would, yeah. To be honest, yeah. I reckon he just pick it up and go, "Yep, I get this." Here's ten songs for the next album. Bang, yeah. sorted. <laughs> um, so, so that's track one. Uh, then the re- so the review goes on then to talk about um, the second track on the album, "Land of Hope." As it says, it slowly builds to a crescendo of harmonies and snare drums. For Moss entices us with his guitar walk work during the solo. Here is Land of Hope. These dogs are doing new tricks on every fucking song. That guy, that guy was a dog. Like he did, was just. A look east, a look west, a look sharp. The only thing I like kind of didn't love about it, and I think we kind of talked about it earlier, the lyrics were a little bit predictable. Oh, okay. It was following Mm. some of those similar sort of rhyme structure things. Yeah, like look east, you kind of know the next one's going to be look west. Yeah, but did you know the third one was going to be look best? I bet you didn't. Uh, You got me there. You got me there. He found a a new fifth direction, (laughs) (laughs) which I liked. Um the best direction. So the rock pit goes on to say the first of the more rocky chisel tracks hits us next as Drive opens up with Moss replicating a speeding car before Barnes's vocal begins to take us back to the more reckless rock roots of a band known for their volatile wild energy. And even though it's been 40 or so years since those days, 
you feel with this track that those energies are still very much bubbling under the surface. This is one of my favorite tracks on this collection. Same. And I also, I think, yeah, this if you were going to do the classic setup of the album, this yep. would be track one. Yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah, they, there's that car sound on the guitar. I think I'm and I love this one. Drive till I will arrive. Love I mean, it. don't know where I'm going. Don't know where I'm going to. Don't know where I've been. The man's a mess and burn my eyes. The only thing I see is the outside. The outside. This song is sick. So good. Love that drum sound. Is that the toms again? Maybe on the toms. The toms. Uh, um, I really liked this song, and I it just I like that uh, review that you just read of it about the energy that existed from the volatile days. But I like I don't know. It's a different angle because back in the day, Jimmy would have just talked about like punching people and drinking or something. Yeah. Whereas now he's like, because he's you know a bit healthier these days. Instead, he's just going to go for a drive. He's just going for a drive. I mean, it sounds like, you know, this reckless song, but what if he's just driving 60 along Nepean Highway, yeah. along the beach? Until he arrives. Until he arrives. I, re- I don't know why I love that so much, but I love that. Because it it's like, really obviously, you. that's when you'll drive to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. It's so good. Anyway, I'll drive till I'll arrive. <laughs> I'm going to drive a little longer than after I arrive. Yeah. I'm going to crash into your house. <laughs> <laughs> And then I've arrived. Now, oh, no, that's yeah. still driving till you're arriving, really, isn't it? Yeah, what and then I'll reverse put, back. What if you <laughs> and drive a little bit more? What if you just put it in neutral? Does that count as driving till oh, you arrive? Or what if you just you put a brick on the accelerator and roll <laughs> out of the car? <gasps> Same as like the cover of the last album. That yes. was the perfect crime. Mm. Driving till you arrive. Driving until before you even arrive. Bef- <laughs> so then. <laughs> The review goes on to say, even though Killing Time with the following track has a more subdued feel to it, it still has that punch to the guts, keeping you on your toes as to avoid the next flying fist. I, Killing Time, I reckon, is another one. This one was um, of the opening four, which are, these are all the ones that were played live. This was the slowest burner for me. Mm. But when I got it, I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a bit more of a journey, I reckon, of a song. Yeah, yep. Uh, there's a few more, you know, um, vibe change and that sort of stuff. But, yep. yeah, anyway, this is a killing time. And I love his vocals. I don't think oh, I've heard him so sing like this it's before. It's real beautiful. this song is that it, I don't know I'm probably gonna get disagreements about this but I kind of 
imagined it as like a slow opening to like a Bond film or something. Oh. Like it just—I don't know why—it just gave me that real as soon vibe as you about said it, it. I can feel. I never. That never. Um, I never felt that before. But now, as soon as you said it, I can hear that for sure. This little middle bit. I reckon... That's a Jimmy lyrics, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon the majority of the Jimmy lyrics are are real good. That was really beautiful. And people, like we did just before, (laughs) which I regret, (laughs) people picking on the few, you know, the small handful of clumsy ones are like, I think you're missing the point. And that's like some people, you know, everyone has a distinctive writing style. Mm -hmm. You make it, if you be more positive about it, you say it's just a more urgent sort of, Lyric writing Yeah, maybe style. he was just more, be more like direct. Free flowing. Yeah, rather than like trying to subtly hint how he's feeling. He's just like, actually, and maybe, feel like shit. And maybe he just likes to rhyme a couple of, he likes to rhyme me and C sometimes. Yeah. We, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be a eight syllable long rhyming word. It can just be one. Solos. Uh, so that's Killing Time. I think that's a cracker. Um, yep, the next track, another highlight. I think this is an album, real consistent album, uh, is I Hit the Wall. Uh, and The Rock Pit says, it's a piano-infused bluesy shuffle with Barnes telling us, I hit the wall and the wall won, as Moss teases uh, with his sixth string in the background, while Phil Small joins in with the resounding, uh, resonating bass lines. Uh I think so. It doesn't mention this here at all, but it's um, uh, so Don what wrote this, but obviously with a, a co-writing credit to um, Sonny. Oh, I was going to say Sonny Bill Williams, <laughs> Sonny Curtis, <laughs> Sonny Bill Williams. Isn't he a rugby player? He's a yeah. Did he go play player? for France? Yeah, I think France. something like that. But yeah, he's Sonny Curtis who wrote the song originally. It was a hit, maybe in the fifties or something, and it's been a hit for a few bands. The first. Uh, which sorry, the song being "I Fought the Law," uh, which is what he uses in the chorus, and only changes to "I Hit the Wall." One and um, the, what was the version of that song you knew? It was probably the same as me, maybe as the Clash's the Clash, version. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, they weren't the first to make that a big song. I think it had already been a hit a couple times before then, yeah. which I didn't realize. Yeah, so here's "I Hit the Wall." Then maybe I'll play a bit of the Clash, and then there's another band who also um, tweaked the lyrics for another song. I'll play a bit of. It's just moody as. Do we know what this one's about? Could be could have been written by Jimmy Barnes. Oh yeah. Like by the sounds of it. And then I wondered like hitting the wall and the wall winning. Cause there's a it's a super, super vague uh, train of thought. But he talks about Let's um, see. It 
have a chorus, does it? It's more of a story. Yeah, well, I guess that's the chorus, though. I hit the wall. Um, but there's a quote here. And it just reminded me of the story that he tells in his second half of the autobiography when he goes in for a heart uh, operation. Uh. And Jane comes in in, like, a big trench coat with another one of their mates and they're all giggly and she opens the trench coat up and she's got like a latex nurse suit on yeah a nurse suit nurse outfit yeah that's. and then it goes on to tell like how much she struggled to get it off later didn't realize that she should have like talcum powdered at all and jimmy talks about it. it's very funny um but the it just the whole song including that i thought about i wonder i wondered originally if it was written by jimmy about the heart attack and how Hardy was going at like the pills and the drinks and stuff. Yes, and then that was the wall hitting him kind yeah, of that, thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I assumed as well as the idea of a. I mean, Don, right? Like he doesn't. He's not off always writing first person. I think often, usually it's just yeah. Usually stuff it's just stories. Truth. Yeah. But yeah, um, it does. Yeah, I I just assumed it was about someone living life too fast and um, it catching up with them. Yeah, but. I am not sure. I hit the wall and the Don's wall. never even bothered to ask himself what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another highlight next as we change genre and direction with Cold Chisel taking us downstairs to the late night smoky basement members club with its smoldering bluesy jazz groove. Boundary Street is simply wonderful with its old school guitar tones, tinkering piano and sultry saxophone. A little bit of sax. We've talked about this one a little bit, so I'm looking forward to playing it for people. A little snippet here. Like, to me, it sounds like, you know, early 20th century. Literally wrote the same note. Yeah. Like, in a movie scene, and they, like, come downstairs to, like, when Prohibition was on. Yeah, yeah. In the station. There's just Jimmy in, like, a... Red velvet. <laughs> I like to imagine him laying over the piano while Don plays. Love it. With a whiskey on the rocks. It's one thing that uh, maybe a little disappointing about them being bound to playing so many hits live that they weren't able to play more of these tracks on yeah. this tour. I mean, four out of ten a fair chunk. I would have loved to heard a couple more. Yeah, just to see how they sound live. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would have been fucking spectacular just like every other song they played. These dogs uh, haven't learned any new tricks. Uh, Fuck off, yeah. idiot. Fuck that guy. And his name that we can't remember. Old oh, mate, waft dog, proper waft. Oh, there's that one. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, I don't know, it just felt like such a one-dimensional review of a band that he hasn't, he just hasn't um, given a chance. Did you get the dirty sax in there? Oh, so, so we get the dirty sax in. Gotta get that sax in. Oh, oh. Yeah, no new tricks. Honestly embarrassed for that writer. Yep. <laughs> what a shit review. <laughs> Put it in the bin. Bin it. 
and get in there after it. <laughs> oh, oh, people can change. People can change. Well, that was only written like a week ago. Or Honestly, something. I hope that dog can learn a few <laughs> new tricks. <laughs> um, uh, Buried Treasure is the first of a char- of Charlie Drayton's contributions to the band as a songwriter, with lead vocal split once more between Jimmy and Mossy. Love that. And again, it highlights the cruisy harmonies and strengths of the band. This is another another classic one. This one reminded me of um, what was it? Too late, where it kind of oh. starts slow and then it like it's picks builder. up the tempo all of a sudden. I, uh, I think yeah. This is a sort of got a bit of a radio play kind of single vibe about it. I reckon mm. catchy sing along. I reckon this piano over the drum is very yeah. That drum that sounds like new. he's drumming in in a couple of rooms down the hall. Yeah, unlike some upturned plastic tubs in a warehouse. Looking up above all the love light lost And all the sad constellations and the stars hanging over me I could sail away So beautiful! And it gets like funky a little yeah. bit. It's a journey I could measure alone. But I need someone to tear me away from buried treasure. Buried bones. Buried treasure. Buried bones. I, um. <laughs> I, um. Sometimes when I'm singing it, I accidentally start singing Buried Treasure, Barry Bonds. The old baseball player for some reason. Oh, good pause. Oh, that was a good pause. Noted. Um, Anyway, that's Buried Treasure. Charlie Drayton, welcome to the conversation. That is good. Love that. Uh, Goes on the following track, Accident Prone is another. This is the one you talked about before that he uncovered from 30 Mm. odd years ago. Uh, Accent Prone is another rhythmic snare drum fest from the seasoned Drayton as Barnes once again starts to open up with his trademark mix of rock and soul vocals as the band revisits one of Walker's former solo tracks, which isn't quite true, is it? He yeah. never reco- I don't think he ever recorded it solo, but yeah. I guess he wrote it while the band were broken up. But, um, yeah, and this, like I said before, is one of my highlights. I do find it hard to pick. This is going to be a hard one to pick the couple of favourites, but this one... It's just a, sort of just a straight ahead pop rock sort of. That's all I wrote about this when I was yes, listening. Yes, moving. Was that I just liked it. Yeah. Like there was, you know, some of them I'm like have a lot of thoughts, but this one I was just like, no, just straight into a like little, little solo bit of there. Yeah. Can't help himself. What's he trying to say to you? Okay? Oh, something sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that beat is just the, you know, that straight ahead beat driving it forward. Yeah, what is it? Just a standard rock beat. Yeah. And I'm not even mad about it. No, I know. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, that's a bit boring, but mm. it just works. It's just boring. Oh, that guitar. Oh, goosebumps. Beautiful. Mossy. And how clear is that vocals? Yeah. Oh. 
Bitter gravel. Bitter reggae. Bitter reggae. Bitter rockabilly. Yeah, it's a cracker. Good. Cracking tune, I reckon. And it's, you know, like basically it's in that slot, which would normally be just uh, almost a lot of bands would have filler by then. Track yeah. eight of a 10 track album. That's pro- that's kind of that sort of soft spot on the album, but they've slid in a, an absolute hidden gem, I reckon. Uh, then Someday may have a rep- uh, repetitive lyric, but it's so damn effective as you'll soon have it buzzing around your head, even after only a few listens, as Jimmy once again lets go of his vocals uh, vocals reins to belt out a couple of those wild and powerful notes he's so well known for. So uh, this is back to a track that Barnsley wrote the lyrics and Don wrote the music. This, like, is so catchy. Yes, yeah, so a good one. And it made me think, is this maybe inspired by um, Steve's passing? Still thinking about Someday Never Comes? You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, yeah, I did wonder because it's got those real reflective, uh, almost like a epiphany of how short life is kind yeah. of thing. Love the female backing vocals. I kind of think the reviewer in that case pointing out the repetitiveness of the lyrics is kind of missing the point. Like clearly that it's, is the point. Yeah, that is literally the point of it. Yeah, I, and I think it you works fuck. really well. I mean, he he's, he says it's effective, um, but he's basically saying you're, you're forgiving it. It's like you're not forgiving it. That's the point you're of enjoying it. enjoying the shit out of it is what we're doing. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, um, Going to put a few people in the trash after this episode. <laughs> damn. This is, a really, this is a really nice review, I think. I just, I just thought that was a, a funny thing to point out uh, in that way. Anyway, um, the album closes with an almost 80s feel as Ian Moss eases us down with You Are So Beautiful, which once again shows the versatility of this band and the collection of songs they have compiled to create Blood Moon. Um, I feel th- like you're going to be able to tell what my thoughts yeah, are about I, this song. <laughs> this, uh, this was actually, for me, the hardest one to get into on the album. Oh, and it was not only, just me this time. Thank Christ. It was, um, but now I, I really like it. I think it's a lovely song. <sighs> and it it's, it just was opened up to me in the last week maybe. But before that, um, I actually found this whole album was probably took me a little longer to, to get than um, some of their others. And often that means that they're more rewarding when you do get them. Yeah, I, when, I it, found. when it finally clicks. But, yeah, this one on first, you know, even half a dozen or more listens, I was like, oh, it's just a bit of a – it almost felt like, oh, you're just getting a mossy song in there to have a mossy song in there. Yeah. But uh, now I just think it's a, it's a really lovely song. I mean, You Are So Beautiful is what it's called. So. Again, very different from everything else on the album. Yeah, it's been a real mix, this one. Oh, Mossy, come on. Pouring right through my heart. 
are a little bit cringy for me right, okay. and that's that's what kills me because it's like not a real slow song like janelle really killed me yeah so it's not like that level of slow and his vo- his vocals are beautiful you hate you hate love don't you I Is do. that would that be fair to say that yeah. you hate love because me personally i love love you love love i love love and i don't even apologize for that <laughs> <laughs> i love love. love love is love 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 is love love that's beautiful love, is love love we should write a song I patent it um yeah i think it's just the lyrics were just a little bit like too lovey dovey, no, just and just cr- a bit too like some of those. It's too direct, right. like like what we were saying before about Jimmy's. Like maybe he's just being blunt. Like you know, there's nothing wrong with saying you are so beautiful, but for me, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously a compliment. I get a lot. Okay, if that's what you're. <laughs> uh, yuck. <laughs> Next, who else Next. wants to talk to me? I'm sick of all these compliments. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. Uh, no, I, I also relate to that song because I hear it a lot as well. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine, yeah. yes. Um, so the review, so that's they've gone through all the songs. That's the uh, closing track. It's funny, you know, I used to talk about on a previous episode, I'm like, if I was making a rock album, the archetypal rock album or Cold Chisel album, mm-hmm. it starts and ends with a cum thumper, mm-hmm. a banger straight ahead. Mm-hmm. And they've really, they've um, fully messed with that. They've messed uh, on this one, and I, I like that. I feel like it, it gets boring if a band just starts repeating the same um, yeah, the formula. Same, yeah, I mean, I'm still not a I'm not opposed to a cum thumping opener. No, but I mean, they've they've not done that now. The next album, fingers crossed. Oh. You know, it, it opens right back up to go. Hey, we're back again, and I, I think they've done that. Like the perfect crime was them going. We want to get back into a dirty rock album. Love it, and that's what they did. And then they come back and they go. We're, we're actually all we're all. Uh, in all sorts of genre spaces we're, at the moment, which we're, I th- we're happy to do a little bit of everything. Found. Let's make twentieth century, but less bad. <laughs> so listen to it the other day. I still love it. I still, still love it. I'm trying. I really am. Any album. I mean, it's it's got Saturday Night and Flame Trees for starters. Oh, absolute standouts. And I've also um, where's the track listing? I'll tell you if I've changed my mind on anything in particular. I'm a big. I've grown a lot on a bunch of those. Well, I mean, we can talk about this next week. We will. Because when we, we go we back We will, them in all. fact. Uh, no, yeah, that's something we should... Anyway, let me finish this review <laughs> and then we'll talk about what we're going to do next week to close out this season. Um, so the Rock Pit goes on to say, Cold Chisel will forever have a place in Australian music history and rightly so. Some of the early songs they wrote and performed are classics and even though there maybe isn't a Bow River or Cheap Wine that initially stands out on this album, there's still plenty to enjoy and some real highlights which will grow on you extremely quickly. You just know when the band hit the road in December and January, the Blood Moon tracks will sit very nicely in the set, which will be crammed full of Cold Chisel's timeless anthems. And, um, and we they, live, we're from and the they future. Did. And it did. Yeah, they fully, I reckon they slotted in so nice. I couldn't even remember which ones were like the brand spanking new ones versus like. And they played them pretty the much last, in like, a chunk. Yeah. Almost like within, they play those four tracks, I think, within a seven track span. I reckon you're about right there. And uh, yeah, they fit in so well. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tricky thing where they've got 
uh, when you get that big, you'll have fans coming. You know, if you've got 20 something thousand people coming to your show, some chunk of that crowd are just very casual fans like we used to be like we a year were ago. 12 months. Yeah. And then there'll be a chunk of the crowd like us now, chisel nerds. Yep. Who want to hear album tracks? They want to hear all the new stuff. If just they could hear just everything. play every single song <laughs> yeah. they've ever written, if you could just play them all, that, I mean, is it too much to ask? That does, yeah. And I think that's more. Oh, like- what if instead of writing new albums, they started just touring each album? So they just go touring and they hit like here's the original album, and then the next year, next album. Oh, I don't mind that, but that does that just converts them into a nostalgia act, which I think they've been uh, pretty strong against, and that's why they basically have only ever toured on the back of new material, which I like. I would just like to see them a lot and see every I'm happy to see them a lot as well, but maybe they just release a new album every year. Oh, yeah, we can do that. I quite like how Bruce Springsteen does it. I've seen him a couple of times and he he pretty much his band, East Street Band, will have in their heads basically every track they've ever made. Yeah, don't they play for like three hours? Play for three hours. Both times I saw them play for three hours. And the crowd, I don't know how this started, but it started at some point where a lot of people in the crowd bring posters with song requests on them. And he'll go out and he'll grab them, show it to the band, and then they'll play... An that album is track from so cool. Thirty-five years ago, it could oh. be any song. Wow! The last time I saw him, which was maybe five years ago or something, probably, I think last time they were in Australia, they did that, and then after playing for an hour and a half or so, they go, "All right, we haven't played this album in a while in full, so we're going to do it today." Um, here is "Born in the USA," and they played it cover to cover. Wow! In the middle of a three-hour show. Oh my god! So I mean, I could hear songs like um, uh, "Downbound." Train and um, feel those album tracks that you don't hear as much that are, are some of my favourites. That's so cool. Yes, yeah, so that's a fun way of doing it. And you just you never know what songs you're going to hear, but also you're almost definitely not going to hear all his um, smash hits. Yeah. So yeah. that might leave some more casual fans disappointed, but surely you can't be just too disappointed. I know, Cold Chisel. I hope you're listening because that would be great, and we would support you. Imagine them doing the first time I saw Bruce uh, Jimmy supported. Oh, fuck off, really? Yeah, and Mossy came on to um, sing a, a track with him. Maybe it was even Saturday night. I forget what it was. Oh. But, yeah, that so. was a pretty amazing day. That was out at Hanging Rock. Oh, that would have been sick. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah, big outdoor show. So much fun. Anyway, that's uh, that's the end of, of that album um, and all their albums up to now. Hopefully, We've got a, we're up to date. I can't believe it. I'm really hoping that we get to do another episode yeah. of them. In a few years' time, when they release a new album, Hopefully. fingers crossed. Uh, do you want to uh, give? Oh, what do we do first? We we pick our two favorites for the unofficial greatest hits. I think so. Now that I'm thinking about it, I cannot remember what order we do it in. Yeah, I think that is how we do it. Sounds good. Uh, this one is so hard for me. So I, I I struggled with this one as well for I'd, too many choices. Pre- yeah. I I normally try and rule out the the singles, so I, that makes it a little easier for me. So I've taken out getting the band back together, and then is that the only single? That was the only single so far, yeah. Um, and pretty much everything. Maybe you're so beautiful's off the pace a little bit, but pretty much everything in between is right in in there, right mm-hmm. up there. And at different times, they've all been favourites. Oh, I hit the wall. I I mean, that could easily be picked. I'd say my if I was going to separate a few into a short list, it'd be Drive. I hit the wall. Accident prone. They're probably the top three. I think I'm going to go with drive and accident prone. Nice. Drive is always, it's just a cum thumper. And I'm Absolute. a sucker for a cum thumper. Uh, you do love 
a cum thumper. I sure do. How about you? What are you? What are you thinking? Um, I also struggled with this one. Um, because there were a few like absolute crackers. So my short list was Drive, uh, Buried Treasure, Accident Prone, and Someday. Yeah, Someday is cracker too. Um, I think I want to go with Drive. Yeah. Because that was the first one where I was just like. Yep, good, love. Drive to Arav. Oh, I'm so torn between Buried Treasure and Some... I'm going to go with Someday because I really liked the female vocals that came in. Oh, yeah, sick. Because uh, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, great choice. Banger. Oh, we agreed on one song. That's Yeah, good. we've done... I think that's only happened on a couple albums. Yeah. But looking back, I reckon I would change... Maybe we'll talk about this next week, but... Um, I reckon there's a couple early that I think you got right that I I've, would now change to your Oy. sections, but maybe we can talk about that next week. Uh, the other thing we do, we give the album a rating. How cold in degrees is this album to you? Oh, this is The a... colder the chisel, the better the chisel. The better the chisel. I don't know if we've explained that rating system for a little while. No, we do it I don't every think week. we have either. <laughs> People are like, wow, these guys really hate cold chisels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want One. the better. Golf rules. <laughs> Golf rules. Yeah, this is icy pole rules, okay? Uh, yeah, good one. Um, I am going to go no with- No one likes a soppy pole. Mm. <sighs> I'm not even- yep. Sloppy pole, sorry. Is that better? <laughs> is that better or worse? Uh, look, uh, anyway, so this album- <laughs> um, Oh, I'm really torn because, like, comparatively, I still like a few of the original albums a lot better- but I do like this album. Yeah, well, I think you just just write it on how you're feeling it now because next week we're going to um, put them in an order, all the studio albums. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to give it today a 2.5. 2.5. That is, did, that is cold. That's your coldest rating. I did really rating like this album. Since, uh, that's your coldest rating since East. Yeah, wow. That makes That's oh, great. No, I think I probably regret a few of those. But uh, I mean, ratings, that's that's what we're gonna do next week. Next week, yeah. I'm the I've I've started getting a bit boring. The last two I've given two and a halfs, uh, and I almost want to do the same for this. But I think I think this one was a, took me a little bit longer to get into. But now I'd uh, it's tricky. I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Is this the first time I've rated something higher than you? I think it is. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to split these nine albums. Yeah. So hard. I I love, like, I really love them all. Um, I think there's some of them are slightly inconsistent. The first album I love, uh, the first, I think, two-thirds of. And yeah. Then it, the end it, kind of peters off a bit. It does peter a little, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's a... That's that's me being brutal, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, my least favorite album, Peter's a little bit. <laughs> uh, should that uh, bring us to the letters bag to Alan section of the show? So, if you have any thoughts, and you're running out of time, if you got thoughts on Cold Chisel, uh, to get them into us. But um, if you do, send us an email at what's this show called? Listen now pod at gmail.com. And, yeah, you can tell us and if you've seen them on this tour or if, if this show's been your introduction to them and, and what your thoughts have been. Uh, I reckon I'll put up a poll, uh, a sloppy poll this week. 
<laughs> and uh, get people to vote on a few different topics, and we'll read them out next week. But if you if you can um, find the time and you want to give it, you can email through your your rankings for the nine albums if you've been playing along with us the whole way through. Uh, yeah, and otherwise, look out on social media. Sam will post that that poll for people to give us their thoughts. Beautiful. Um, but you, Sam, you, are there any letters from this week? Um, there are, and because I have a different computer with me today, I can't remember what I wrote out, read out last week. Oh, so. so if I remember, I can. I got a little correspondent um, from a listener. Maybe I could read out first while you're yeah, sort, sorting yourself out. Yeah, I don't know what I've done here. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is from Edward, um, who's a Camberian. Cam. Canberran. Canberran from Australia's capital city, uh, who I've met a bunch of times when I go up and do shows up there. I think he actually maybe emailed the bag. Yeah, I reckon reckon he got it. Talking about the Wiggles. Yeah, yes. But he messaged me after seeing them in Canberra saying, uh, saw our favourite band Chisel last night and thought I'd let you know a few random things and share a few clips with you. He sent me a few videos, which were great fun to watch. He... And the videos are like up their noses. He was in the front row. Oh, front that, row. Uh, that's so good. He said, right before Rising Sun, <laughs> right before Rising Sun, Jimmy said, a little bit of rockabilly. Yes. <laughs> and he said he thought of us thinking it was hilarious. My two favorites, Shipping Steel and You Got Nothing I Want, were after each other. So I was head banging crazy, having the time of my life. I remember, remember seeing Jimmy on the same stage solo. In, f- in the front row again many years ago and he laughed as I was attempting to sing the lyrics to K-San and didn't get close. We even got a second encore as the air quality in Canberra was slowly getting worse. Walking oh, out, I forgot about that. That would have been tough. We were in swarms of smoke and it was filthy. Um, and Paul, he, he had Paul Kelly as a support there as well. Banger. So cool. Um, yeah, that's right. So he said, anyway, it was a great gig. See you next time you're in the capital. It was... Uh, it was touch and go if they were going to get that, sh- uh, were going to be allowed to play that gig. That's right. Because, and it was just because of wind turned in the right direction the day before and kind of blew the smoke away enough that they were allowed to, um, you know, have a, an outdoor event in it. And then it, yeah, by the end of the show, it was turning back to. Uh, That's wild. It's been a real rubbish start to the year for Canberra. And, you know, a lot of Australia. Oh, yeah, most of Australia. And probably a lot of the world, you know. It's been a a tough time. But um, I did see someone, following Chisel on social media, someone commented uh, saying when they said they were talking about their last concert of the tour Mm. and in the post it said potentially our last live show ever. I was like, oh. No. 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 Someone commented saying that um, it's been the worst start to a year ever for them in Canberra, but the Chisel show was the one bright moment that they've oh, had. Bless. I was like, oh, my God, that's fair enough. All right. I still don't know what I'm doing here. So when was the last time we recorded? Was it before I went away? Yeah. Uh, no, what was it? Like it was a couple of weeks ago? Let me see. Why can't I figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> if I could describe the start to the year for myself, it would be... What the fuck am I doing right now? The last time we recorded was... Was it the 16th? I believe the 16th. Okay. In that case, I know what I'm doing now. Yay. Um, alrighty. So we have got uh, Sam Philp has written in. 
Uh, hey, Matt and Sam, thought I'd give you a bell to say cheers for the great pod and for introducing Cold Chisel to me. Um, over the last few months, I've definitely become a massive fan, which shocked my folks as apparently they loved them when I was young. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but he thinks they're lying to him because he does not recall hearing any maple syrup, gravel, <laughs> gravel or smooth honey. Um, and he went to the... <laughs> He says he lives at the bottom of New Zealand and Cold Chisel were playing. So this is a few weeks ago, so I think Cold Chisel have now played there. Uh, Chisel playing in Auckland soon, but I have a close friend's wedding in the same day in Wellington. So I have to ask, which Cold Chisel t-shirt should I wear to the gig? (laughs) (laughs) Any is the best one, is my answer to that question. Yes. I I don't think I I should post a photo of the new shirt I got. They, They were selling a few different options. I got the... The white tour shirt. That was cool. I liked that. Yeah, I Good love call. that that uh, silhouette with the blue, uh, blue, red, and white. I think yeah. it's a cool looking shirt. Um, who else? We've but got? after I, unfortunately, I've been eating and drinking a lot uh, this summer, <laughs> and I as and I, as a normal summer. And I, they didn't have they didn't have my size, and so the option was to go down or upper size. And she goes, these are actually bigger than normal. So I got the smaller size, and it is tight <laughs> around the around the uh, the pouch, around the the pouch. What do you call it? Around the guts, basically. The guts. We call it the fat pouch on the cat. Yeah, that's what it is. Apparently, that's it's for protection. You got to protect yeah. protect your guts. I'm basically well. I'm just getting ready for the winter. You know, I'm gonna go on a hibernation. Yeah, we're what is it? Bulking. We're bulking. Yeah. Um, we've got an email from Tani. Uh, hey guys, love the pod. Listening to the latest episode and wanted to share some thoughts. Um, attended the Hunter Valley Cold Chisel show, pissed down, but was still one of the greatest experiences of my life. Excellent. Sick. One of the reasons for my email is Ian Kenny from Birds of Tokyo, who is an amazing singer, great dancer, and brilliant perform- yes, performer. Yes, Sam. All right. I have a borderline unhealthy obsession with him. <laughs> well, I-, <laughs> I know so many people who love Ian Kenny. I just, I still think he's a twat. Okay, well, because uh, he threw a sausage one time. Yeah, and whinged about it to the Herald Sun, which is, there's a lot There's a lot to say I've, in that sentence. I've heard of weird grudges before, but this has got to be right up there. My nan hates, I think I've talked about maybe before, my nan still hates Terry Wallace because um, Rodney Grinter from Melbourne, who she's a one-eyed supporter of, Yeah, Rodney Grinter, if you Google it, he very clearly punches Terry Wallace in the face and Terry Wallace... Uh, smashed his jaw to bits and was eating out of a straw with his uh, jaw wired shut for six weeks. But he played the next week and Rodney Grinter got suspended for however long. (laughs) And Nan reckons that Terry Wallace was faking it. (laughs) And she's she's still mad at Terry Wallace. (laughs) The old faked broken jaw. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does she think about the moon landing? Oh, I haven't asked. I'm probably too scared to ask, to be (laughs) honest. She's got thoughts that I would just rather never hear ever again in my life. This um, isn't our nana. This is no, no, our nana. I don't know what she's doing with her. She's a bit. She's, All right, she's a bit mate. old. She's a bit old. We're not I quite sure. Our what's... nana is old. Yeah, people are going to be falling off their chairs. <laughs> um, no, this is uh, my dad's mum who has strong opinions and weird grudges, and therefore uh, definitely genetically yep. manan. Um, but Tani goes on. While I agree with Sam's comments about the newer Birds songs being bland top forty fodder. The first two albums are great, and Kenny's other band, Carnival, uh, have put out some of the greatest albums in Australian music history. I recommend listening to anything from the album Sound Awake. Uh, also recommend Jimmy Barnes' Flesh and Wood collab album. 
Sorry for the long email. I've just moved to a rural New South Wales town and don't have a lot on. <laughs> uh, Kenny rules. Keep on trucking with love, Tani. On your Tani. Tani. You... Thanks for not ripping into me too hard. Where's Tani from? Uh, rural New South Wales. Well, right. Well, this probably won't be that exciting for her, but uh, this week the West Coast Eagles unveiled a new version of their theme song sung by Ian Kenny. Wow. Do we have a clip of it? I could find one. Why would they? Re- I, it... I'll try and find this while you keep reading letters. Um, Thanks, cool. Tani. On your Tani. And uh, last one is from somebody called, they've named themselves Ash Trey, which I love. Uh, with the subject line, this is a bit long. Uh, hi, Sam. Hi, Matt. Please hear me out. Oh, wait, I've been... wait, sorry. Oh, oh, we've got it. Here we go. I don't mind it. I mean, it's pretty similar to the old one. It's just it's a bit of an update. It's funny sounding for a... It does not sound like a footy song at all. <laughs> if you hate it, you probably hated the original, right? No, the original's a banger, but I don't know the words, so I was just saying, we're the Weagles, West Coast Weagles, and we're here to do a thing. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It's, I reckon it's fine. I, I like the original as well. It doesn't pump me up like a footy song should. No, nah, but that's, that's, the, that's the weird thing about yeah, their song, because they were formed in the 80s, that so they've got this weird sort of 80s rock um, ballady anthem thing. Yeah. When all their all their Melbourne teams have got real old school Ours tunes. has got lyrical genius. Yeah, we, we've got the same song as an old jazz standard. Oh, and the Saints. Only we've changed one line to St Kilda instead of that number. It's in St Kilda. Yep. Anyway, good stuff. Lyrical genius. So let's go back to this long email. Uh, Ashtray, hi, Sam. Hi, Matt. Please hear me out. (laughs) I've been listening to the pod for a while, and honestly, I did not like the music I was hearing. But I enjoyed your chat and enthusiasm for it and was always pleased to hear Jimmy showing up from over the mountains. So I kept listening. Speaking of, Jimmy, (laughs) we haven't heard from him this episode. I don't have him set up. I'll keep reading, and then you can surprise me when he... Uh, now, however many weeks down the line it is, I'm blasting goodbye at full volume as I write this. Loving it. I was wrong. So wrong. <laughs> Love the pod and I'm looking forward to hearing you talk uh, about more Aussie bands as I know next to fuck all about your music. Uh, love from Ashley. Ashley. Um, P.S. Nothing to do with the pod, but Matt, we met after your Do Go On show in Leeds and since then my beard has gone from similar to yours to being more like Dave's. Just another bad call on my part. My regret face is nearly entirely visible. That's actually, I can hear Jimmy. Do you have an opinion on this shitty new beard? (laughs) You happy about it or not? Jimmy? Oh, he's furious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you guys can't see stuff. it, obviously, but every time that plays, Matt and I have a little boogie. That's why it probably goes it. for too long. Yeah, we're busy, <laughs> we're busy dancing. dancing. <laughs> uh, Still love it. 
bit of a little bit of Jimmy. Uh, and that is the bag for the week. Oh, Thank you, Ashley. Great stuff. All of that's so good. Ashtray. Uh, thank you so much for those letters. But yeah, like I said, if you got any any final thoughts on Chisel uh, before last week's wrap up episode, next let us know at what did I say? Last week's. Next week's. We're living in the future. <laughs> next week's wrap up episode. Email us at listennowpod at gmail dot com. I did say something before that I'd forgot to get to. Um, that was that we we're gonna play a little bit of uh, the I fought the law. Oh yeah. I just thought it might be interesting to hear a few of the original versions. So this is the the Clash version, which is the one that... Um, Most people probably know. Yeah, maybe people of a certain age, even though it's from before we were born, but still. <laughs> when was this, like 77, 78? A banger. Would you call it a cum thumper? I, I would call it a cum <laughs> So that that was their they released it in seventy nine. It was originally written by Sonny Curtis in nineteen fifty eight. Oh. And it's been covered so many times. Let me see if I can find a Sonny Curtis version of it. Does that mean Sonny Curtis is still alive and helped Don Walker write it, or if they just credited him? No, I think they just credited him. I don't know if this is the original or not, but this is Sonny Curtis. I think he's still alive. Yeah, cool. 82 from Texas. And then um, other people that have covered this. Um, Dead Kennedys, Brian Adams, John Cougar Mellencamp, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, Social Distortion, um, Green Day, Ramones, Stray Cats. God, heaps. There's yeah, a, there's a, a huge list. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, I wonder who did it first. I kind of, I just always assumed that the Clash's version was one of the bigger covers. And did, did the other punk covers come after that, basically covering the Clash's version? Or yeah. were they one of many punk bands to do it? Yeah, That's kind of that like, I assume it would have gone. Was that like one of those things with um, The Clash where they were a bit like leading genre on turning something into a punk song? Yeah, I wonder. And then so Metric, this uh, Canadian band who I quite like, uh, I've sort of fallen out of touch with a bit, but they, they kind of did what Don did uh, and took the lyric and, and twisted it a bit for their song Monster Hospital. <laughs> This is a bit of a banger. What's this band called? Metric. Listen to all on the way home. I had an album in 2018, yeah, five. Actually, I interviewed the singer a few years back. Yeah. I was doing community radio. Very cool person. Excellent. 
stadium? Yes. Here we go. Here's the relevant bit. I am about this. Yeah, it's sick. It's real cool. Um, so that that's called Monster Hospital by Metric. But um, yeah, then so bands have done that before. Yeah. And then yeah, Don took it in a different way. I hit the wall. All good fun. Imagine having a song like that, which has lived so many lives, and oh. then starts morphing in different directions. Yeah, that's pretty cool. In genres of music that didn't exist when you when you, <laughs> when first, you first wrote, wrote it, it, yeah, mate. Like, which is pretty much yeah, you know, a lot of stuff. A lot of musical genres went around in 1958. Yeah, it was just rock or dancing. Yes. Big band. I guess that brings us to the end of the episode. Do do we want to talk about next week? Yeah, so... And what we are potentially going to do for the people listening? I think we've kind of touched on it a bit. We're going to try and rank... We're going to each come in with our... our, uh, Just the studio albums ranked from one to nine. So rather than ranking them by uh, how cold the chisel is, we're just going to rank them in order of favourites. Yep. Uh, And then we've... Are we going to go through our alternative greatest hits? I think we do that and see if we're updating anything on those as well. Beautiful. And I think one other thing or a couple of other things we're going to do, maybe just one other thing. I can't remember what the other one was. I had it. Anyway, uh, was the... um, Oh, no, it was two things. The growers, not the showers. Oh, yeah, what, meaning? Uh, songs that grew on us. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> um, and then the apologies where maybe we, and by we I mean me, didn't like a song when I first oh, heard it. Oh, that would be interesting to see if any of them, yeah, you've turned around mm. on. I, I reckon I have some of those as well. Um, and, yeah, and, and we'll read out any emails you have with your thoughts, yeah. dear listeners, and also um, maybe the poll results, if I get around to making that sloppy poll, <laughs> which is a term I regret coining. Sorry, but I'm using multiple times. Thrice <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, the regret. Hey, I mean, you're not really living the regret as you keep going back for more. Oh. <laughs> Talking to myself there. Yep. Um, <laughs> so uh, that does bring us to the end of the episode, which I've said multiple times, but yep. I think this time it is for real. Truly. And as we always say. Goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.